It's another episode of Kill the Mockingbird. I'm your host, Sean Chris. Right now, uh, uh, we're about to get, uh, bring on a real special guest. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys ever have checked out the podcast, The Ripple Effect. Uh, Ricky on there, the host of that. He's going to hop on for a little bit, and uh, we're going to chop it up. And Well, th- thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. I just wanted to get you on here because uh, we've been trying to do like a, uh, almost like an everyday thing, like a... Uh, once a day and try to get everybody involved, talk to the people like in the comments, people will tap in stuff like that. And I get, try to get some guests on here to discuss some of the things that you discuss a lot on your, on your show, you know, about censorship and a lot of the technocracy that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, that's a, a more and more important issue every day. I mean, it's uh it's like every day you see a, a new, uh, some, some new channel, completely disappears off youtube or twitter account gets censored and it just it's endless i mean it just and the crazy part it just it's become more and more obvious that there's an agenda and that there's something going on and that it's more than just like hey we're trying to we're trying to protect people from like violent speech or we're trying to uh you know uh, just get rid of hate speech it's it's like no i mean you're, you're purposely d- restricting people who just have different opinions not not people who are who are telling people to be violent or, or, or promoting violence, just literally people who just have a opinion that's different than the mainstream narrative. And I think that's super dangerous because like I always say, I'm sure you heard me on the show uh, many of times say it, it, people should have access to all the information. Then from there, yes. they, they can make a, a logical decision on where they stand on any specific topic. But when you're restricting information and you're saying the only information you can, you can see which means that the only information that you can use to establish your opinion is our information that we're going to say is truth and everything else that goes against that isn't truth, then they're controlling what truth is. And it's a huge issue. Oh, most definitely. And then that's what, like I've been saying since the beginning as well is like, just in, just put the mass, for example. Okay. Like we can go back and forth on, do they work? Do they not work? But my whole thing from the beginning was like, okay, what's the side effects? Like if I go to the doctor and I, and he prescribes me a medication, he's not going to be like, here you go. And I'm like, Hey, what's the side effects? He'd be like, I don't know. Like you got to know what's going to happen. What could, so if people have lung issues or certain issues, what happens if you wear it for 12 hours a day? What happens if you have to work in it and wear it? Like what can really happen? And they're not giving people that opportunity to make an informed decision. Yeah. I I had Dr. Uh, Scott Jensen on today. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's the guy, he was kind of like the, 
the death certificate whistleblower that was mm. uh that was going around being interviewed. Was that the and guy from Minnesota? On. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. The senator yeah. and doctor. Yeah, he was on today, and um, I'm, hopefully we'll get that out in the next uh, 24 hours or whatnot. But he, uh, you know, that's one of the things we talked about is masks, and a lot of people are pretending that they know for sure that it helps with this or doesn't help with that or whatever, and it's like the science isn't settled. It's not settled. We don't know if there's any long-term effects, like you said, any harmful effects. But we kind of do know that it's really not going to prevent the spread of a virus. I mean, most people who are wearing masks, they're touching their face more often than not because mo the average person is – I mean, I think somebody somebody on my show or somebody I discussed uh, with uh, this topic in, in, in my personal life uh, said something along the lines that there has been a study and it proved that people don't touch their face as much. But one thing that came to me when I was actually talking to Dr. Scott Jensen today was that study was probably based on doctors and nurses yeah. who wear who wear the all, <laughs> wear them all the time and are and are used to it. You yeah. know, where the and and also they don't wear them for that long. I mean, you wear it when you go into surgery, you wear it when you go into the room, and then you take it off once yep. you you uh, come out of the room. So th that study I wouldn't say is valid. Most people who are wearing them now they're not used to it it's bothersome they don't you know they don't forget it's there and and i it gets sweaty you know you're working in a i mean i remember when my kids uh uh you know i don't have a whole lot of uh experience in a surgical room yeah. but i know when my kids were born and my wife had c-sections it was cold as all hell so at least they didn't have to worry about it's you know sweating yeah. where like most people they have kids wearing it during soccer practice they have kids wearing it during martial arts they have um but waitresses my wife's a waitress she uh you know the outside seating yeah. obviously is very very popular uh, of late uh and um and it's hot it's humid uh you know we live in massachusetts it's been hot and humid and there's places oh, much yeah even, i'm in michigan so I, don't, I feel you <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know what like she's out there sweating all day she's uh she hates it i mean she you know it just it's real uncomfortable and you're touching you're touching your face more uh more often than not because of it and uh so to anybody who says otherwise i just tend to disagree because just about everybody i've talked to or just witnessing going somewhere and yes. seeing people who have to wear it i mean you you'll see them you know pull it down under their nose to get some fresh air you'll see oh, them yeah. you know just put pull it down just to, to to kind of get some fresh air because they're they're sweating or whatnot so it, it it to me it's like you know we have to go back to the root of this this whole issue why are we doing it right and we're doing it because supposedly there's an increase of these numbers well, the numbers are based on some tests, which are proven to be inaccurate, mm -hmm. give false positives. Uh, there's people who are testing positive for uh, coronavirus, but yet not testing positive for the anti uh, or for the T cells or whatever, uh, uh, their immune system response that they test for. So all, they have six different tests. All of them give different results. Some of them um, give more false positives than others. Um, there's tons of information being suppressed about uh, hospitals. Uh, it just completely just inflating the numbers i mean scott dr scott jensen i mean that's what he, he when he first went viral that's why he went viral because he was talking about the new cdc guidelines where they're giving you a lot of leniency and flexibility on what uh, somebody, covid you know, death was right exactly yeah. yeah exactly so you know so it's like if, if we have to get to the to the beginning of this story it's like okay forget the masks like even if uh you you can argue that wearing a mask helped you're wearing a mask for false reasons for yes. based all on lies. So it's like, you have to get to the beginning of all this. And it's like, it was all about flattening a curve, which, you know, happened. And then it was like, no, now we have to close things down. And if we do open things up, we have to have all these new restrictions and all this stuff. And it's like the long-term effects of this. I mean, literally the way we're fighting the virus 
the 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 cure or the method that we're using to fight the virus is worse than the virus itself. It's going to have more negative effects on society, on communities, yes. on people's psychological uh, uh, long-term effects on their, psych- uh, their psyche because we're we're social creatures. We're not supposed to be yep. by ourselves that long and and that uh, um, that that long period of time with, without social interaction. I mean, we're we're required. I remember there was this. Um, I forget what her name was. Uh, Rebecca Costa, I believe she's a, a best-selling author, big into like the tech world. And I remember her talking about uh, a studies that said people are the most efficient and at their best if they have like five to six hours of uh, interaction, uh, just social and envi- being in social like around people you love um, and friends, yeah, right? Like yeah. stuff like that, right? Or, or really, honestly, just almost any social. Yeah, you're right. There's people. There's people who hate their jobs, right? But they like the people they work with, and that makes it, you know, that makes it a little easier because they're at least they're bullshitting with people. And like I, uh, well, you're really yeah, right yeah, because, um, like you know, I'm I'm single during all this shit, so like I was like ah whatever, and then like when I went out with some girls, I was like ah man, I was like dang, I'm liking her a little too much. It's because you haven't that's a month without uh interaction, you know what I mean? Like the just talking, exactly, and I'm not yeah. talking about like oh just just sitting down with somebody. And you're like dang man, it's really nice to have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> like besides over yeah. the phone or Zoom or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something that uh, we miss. I mean, I love the fact that we have this ability to, like, for example, we could connect on uh, social media or using the internet. Yes. But there is something that we miss via, you know, using technology that you can't capture in person, right? I've only had a handful of in-person uh, podcasts, ones with my uh, buddies, or, you know, I did these shows called Fights with Friends where we would uh, actually hang out in this studio, watch the fights and hang out. Okay, and, cool. Um, and, and uh, we, we, you know, we haven't done one in a while, but we, those were fun. And I, I had a couple of uh, guests, uh, Mike Martins from uh, All That Remains, the guitars of All That Remains, a metal band. Um, he was in studio. And it's like anytime I do a in-person, in-studio uh, podcast, or just, it's easier to get to that casualness, to the, get to that comfort level. To that where you're flow. Like, okay, I think the yeah, flow is yeah. so much better because you can, I don't know, you just feel their energy. And like, you can do it over the phone sometimes. And some people have good, if you have a good chemistry with somebody, it can still work, but you are totally right. Like in person, you got that flow of where the conversation just connects and you can actually go off of each other. You can see their motions, how their hands are moving. It's just not the same as video, text, or or calling. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, you know, it, it's just, there's something about human interaction, you know? Uh, I mean, it sounds silly, but even like a hug or something like that. I mean, you, a, a child, for example, gets hurt. You give them a hug, they immediately start feeling better. You know, yep. uh, even even adults, I mean, you're having a bad day. Somebody hugs you, somebody that uh, you love hugs you, and you immediately start feeling better. There's something about that human connection. I mean, you mm-hmm. think about prisons, for example, you're around the worst people in the world, and the way they punish you is putting you basically get, putting you uh, as far from those people as possible by yourself. And it's a punishment because even though you're around probably shitheads and people who, who are, you know, are not people you, you would hang out if you were out of prison, that's better than being alone. And so I think that's a, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's something about human connection and whatnot, you know, people are calling this the, the great reset, you know, there's <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Because yeah, I think there's huge societal, well, yeah, because the longer you, because because what do they say? It takes two generations to change. You know what I mean? Well, that's like that uh, one ex KGB guy was talking about the takeover, con- like communist takeover. He says it's two yeah, generations. Yeah. So after two generations, you can indoctrinate the kids enough to, and they've already kind of done that. If you look at the universities and what's been going on, the indoctrination has been pretty much worked to plan. Because if you look at like I'm 37, right, and I can see the the people a little bit younger than me, and each 
like about the 25, I would say about the 25 year old mark right now, it seems that they are them and down are like just in drench. And I know there's people in all generations, but I mean like a big core of their that population of youth is entrenched with celebrities and what the news said. Like they believe what they've gotten into this, like whatever the internet says, Twitter, TV, and they follow it. And they're able to, uh, that's the only people they listen to. That's why like when the guidelines come on they're like, and they've been in like, Oh, we hate Trump. And now everything's focused on let's talk Trump. Cause then they even drop stuff like CDC dropped today saying like, well, wearing a mask doesn't for a prolonged period, doesn't stop infections. And then you can show people that now, but it's like that first message because we got into that. They've indoctrinated people to go for that little 30-second clip, 15-second clip. You know what I mean? So everybody's tuned to we need, like, fast information that's, like, uh, jumps out at you. That's why the apology, like, if someone goes out and says, hey, you did this, 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 and that, you know, and you, you prove they were wrong, but that first initial story is all they hear, and you're never going to get a chance. To, even though they'll put that, oh, you're, yeah, he was – he." It's, it was false accusations. That's a small little storyline. And I think that that has played a big part in it. Yeah, sorry. I, I lost you for a second. Oh, I, you're good. I, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're back. Back. Cool. But you know what I mean? I think there's been a lot of brainwashing going on. That's why it's been so easy to accept a lot of the um, the bullshit that they have been feeding people. Yeah, no, I, I completely uh, agree. I mean, there's plenty of great documentaries about it. Uh uh, somebody who's become a friend of mine throughout the years, uh, Richard Grove, did a, a documentary called uh, Psychology of Control. No, it's called State of Mind, Psychology of Control. It's a full title. Uh, goes all the way through the beginning of history, you know, how um, those in power have always found techniques and ways to use propaganda and control people and control the masses and make them feel like they need them and whatnot and they keep them safe and all this other stuff. So it's, it's not a new technique, you know? And yeah. uh, I mean, a, a long time ago, I mean, they used to be able to use violence, right? I mean, they mm -hmm. could just like kill people, but now as we become more civilized, uh, some might say we, we, they need to find indirect ways to kind of confuse us and, and control us. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people listening, I'm sure are familiar with Edward Bernays and uh, the nephew of Sigmund Freud and, mm -hmm. and, you know, his uncle, uh, wanted to understand the brain and human uh, tendencies in nature, and Sigmund Freud and, and Edward Bernays wanted to take that and and take it to the next step, and that's understanding how to control people. You know uh, how our decision making isn't always something that consciously we know is go going on. Like it's sometimes subconsciously, in many cases subconsciously, there's things that are going on that are affecting our decision making, affecting um, why we feel a certain way, why we want to. Uh, lean a certain way on a certain topic or issue. Well, emotions um, are a big key of that because, like, that's what happens with triggers a lot. Even me personally, sometimes if you don't have that action of, of stopping yourself, you go, you see a headline, you see a video, and you're like, "This mother, oh wait a second, hold on, let me read into it more." But if you the initiation usually kind of triggers an emotion, I think that's what happens. And if we can't control our emotions, we pour out. And I think that to me is how they've kind of manipulated a lot of people is with emotion. Yeah, well, I think emotions is one of those things that, especially in the alternative media community, we almost forget about. So there was a, there's this uh, um, podcaster, uh, Hunter Motz, which uh, we we were doing for a while. We were doing a lot of shows together. He's a uh, he was co-host with Brian Callen on mm. his uh, other on his other show called okay. uh, Mixed Ment Mixed Mental Arts, and uh, and him and Brian Callen grew up together. They're best friends or whatever. Well, me and Hunter really clicked, and we did a bunch of shows together. And that was something we would talk about over and over again how we all like to believe that our emotions are something that like we have control of and that aren't affecting our decision-making or how we feel on certain things. 
And, um, but we're all human, you know, and yep. we, it's same thing, you know, I talked uh, about it with Dr. Scott Jensen today in regards to uh, just science, right? Like everybody wants to put science on, on this, like, or scientists, I should say, on this pedestal where like, there's, there are these super moral creatures that, you know, that don't have all bought. the same. <laughs> yeah. And they don't have all the same flaws that, that, uh, that the rest of us have where they have, uh, um, you know, uh, profit, uh, motives or other motives, ego motives, anything else that might be, uh, affecting their, the way they look at things. And we like to think that like, yeah, they're like great, you know, these great species of humans that are, are more moral than we are and only care about what's right and what's wrong. And it's like, it's, that's ridiculous. You know, like we're all human. I mean, the only difference between like a, a police officer or a doctor or a priest or, or myself, anybody else, like the, it's the uniform we're wearing, the outfit we're wearing, you know, at the end of the day, like we all have the same triggers. We have the same, um, we have the same issues and the same flaws in regards to like, you know, subconsciously having trauma or something like that that can uh, affect our, our decision-making or whatnot. So it's like, yeah, without a doubt, I mean, we, we everything should be questioned and nobody is above being flawed and having, uh, being corrupt or, or, or just not having a good moral compass. And we shouldn't forget that. Or even just and think even, about like, uh, uh, for instance, like I always use this example, like Thanos, right? He, everybody is the good guy in their head. Like, if you think you're doing the right thing, like, for instance, if Bill Gates is like, man, like, I'm not saying he's trying to depopulate, but let's just put it, say he is trying to depopulate the world. If he thinks that that's the better, he's like, I'm doing it for the better good. You know what I mean? It, it has to be done. Like, I think that every, we always think that, like, there's this evil and good. But, like, it's just kind of like a constant battle, like you said, within ourselves and our emotions. And, like, everybody perceives themselves as the good guy. Like, the terrorists, like, the, the guys in ISIS aren't like, oh, man, we're evil. They're the good guys and we're the bad guys. You know what I mean? It, everything's perspective. And I think when we can put it into perspective and we could kind of start to collect our emotions and learn how to, like, pause and move back. I think that helps a lot. Like, it's, it's not an easy task to learn, but I think it's something that we do have to explore a lot more. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's something that's come up a lot on my podcast of late is just the idea of like challenging ideas mm -hmm. and 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 also letting your ideas be challenged. Uh, I had a, a long conversation with uh, Pete Evans. He's this uh, this uh, Australian famous kind of uh, chef, like best-selling author and whatnot. But he's kind of got thrown into the alternative media world because he was willing to talk to talk about alternative medicines and talk about um, you know uh, the corruption of big pharma and all. And and when the COVID thing happened. Uh, he talked about, you know, uh, dietary ways to help uh, fight viruses and all this stuff. So he kind of got uh, called like this fringe person and uh, conspiracy theorist or whatnot. But we had a long conversation about this, about how like, you know, even in the diet and nutrition world, people like to be married to a idea. You know, it's like they join a team like I'm the keto team. I'm the paleo. Uh, yeah, yes. and I'm, I'm a keto guy. I love uh, I've been eating keto for you know, I don't know, six, seven years, who knows, but, but I, I've been, um, but I understand that, like, if somebody comes on, and they're of a different tribe, I'm open to their ideas, and I'm open to their science, and I'm open, because before I was a keto guy, and and I really uh, enjoyed the, the science, and then kind of the benefits of that, I was tricked into believing other things were better for you, and, and whatnot, so it's like, I can easily be tricked right now, or I could be, yeah. or there could just be new information that comes out, that's going to make me reevaluate where I stand. I forgot what, I what episode so. I was listening to, but I was listening to you yesterday and you were saying something like that. Cause I, that's why I really was like, yeah, I connect with you is cause you're like, I don't want, I'm not about tribalism either. I'm about individualism. I would check your shit out. I, I want to understand everybody and have empathy for people and understanding and open-mindedness of it. But I don't want to be blanketed because I believe we have to 
be ourselves and our own creature and, and, and our own development. And this whole tribalism group think is kind of a really thing that's holding us down from our evolution to become that next step. Well, I think it's divide and conquer, right? I, I don't, I think some of it is just our, our maybe natural tendency to be tribal, but mm -hmm. some of it's also, they're giving us reasons to dislike each other and focus on what we have uh, different from each other and, and kind of ignore the fact that we probably have much more in common, you know, the majority of people, I think they do that on purpose. That's why they, you know, they, they, they promote certain uh, protests and, and they want all this like, you know, this division in society because it's much easier to control us when we're fighting yep. amongst each other and we're not focused on the fact that like all these people are taking money from the same places. In some cases, yeah. all these people have been on the same pedo island. You know, it's like it's it's you know it, they're they're much more uh, in cahoots than we think in many yes. cases. You know, so uh, but they don't want us to, to focus on that. They want us to focus on like my neighbor who might have a uh, Trump sign out or my other neighbor yeah. might have a Biden sign out and they want me to find reasons why to dislike them. And I mean, to, to think about it, I mean, just the fact that in America, we only have two dominant political parties and that most people join a party and then they agree with their party on just about everything. Like humans are much more complex. These issues are much more complex. Our thinking and our philosophies, our personal opinions should be much more complex. Like the fact that any of us can just pick up a, 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 a team and then agree with them on, on everything that should make you reevaluate. Like, okay, do I really, <laughs> do I, do, do I coincidentally happen to just agree with this team on everything? Or is it because I've joined this team and I'm defending that team because that's where they stand. And, uh, and again, yeah, trying to find the, the root, the root uh, of your reasoning, the, the, how it got started, like what could have brought me to this place where I, I now say this is where I stand on this specific issue. Like we should reflect, you know, self-reflect, self-analyze, recalibrate every once in a while and try to figure out like, what the fuck? Like, why do I believe this? Why do I think this? And uh, have I been kind of unknowingly kind of uh, jumped onto a tribe and, and think that I'm right, you know? And that's why I, I always say like, you know, I was talking to Scott Jensen today, you know, it's, he, he was getting shit when he would he would be interviewed on Fox News. And people like, oh, why are his liberal friends would be like, why are you go on going on a right wing? Yes, uh, <laughs> right away, labeled. And, yeah, and yeah, and then he would go on BBC, and his conservative friends were like, why are you going on a liberal uh, station like BBC? And he's like, honestly, I didn't even know BBC was liberal. He's like, I don't pay attention to this stuff. And he, so it was like one of those things where it's just like everybody's just kind of defending their team and they don't even look at the information and it, be, it becomes harder and harder to, to share any information. Right. Cause I mean, I've been during the, 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 the peak of the lockdown when I, you know, I'm, I try to be uh, unconfrontational, but in some cases I'm like, I, if it's a good article, if it's a good, something, a good documentary, you know, I'm sharing it. And if it comes with, yeah. you know, some, some uh, debate afterwards, then be it, you know, but, uh, and, and in, in so many cases, you're, you're, you get in these little debates with people online and then you share article. They're like, Oh, that's from that publication. So that's bullshit. Or that's from, and I'm like, okay, I don't fucking get it. Like every publication you can say leans one way or another, or, or has some, some other agenda. So like either, either we, we say we can't have a conversation about it because you don't want to look at the facts or we just, you know, we just play this ridiculous game where we just critique every publication that somebody shares because of where it comes from. It's yeah. like, you know what? There's going to be people from one side who are are maybe don't have a good moral compass. Maybe they they it's not because they're a good person, but they might expose some corruption, but some uh, do some some good and expose some corruption because they don't like the political party that person said. It might be it might not be for moral reasons, yeah. but 
we can't excuse the fact that that person was corrupt and they got exposed. Like, so my point is like, yeah, not everybody's, um, not everybody who gets exposed and not every article and not every research uh, is, if you go to the root of it, maybe it's not for good purposes. But at the end of the day, if it if the outcome's good, then that's what we should. That's what's important, you know. If Fox News exposes a, a liberal for being corrupt, and if that liberal is really corrupt, yeah. If it's a, it if it's a, actual a, facts, who cares who's giving the information? Exactly. You know, I guess that was if, a, my long winded point. Yeah, <laughs> if Charles Manson's like, hey, this is how we get peace. If he shows you something that's correct, regardless of what their past or what they've done, if the correct answer, if, if it's two plus two is four, then of course we have to believe them. He has shown yeah, proof. Charles, it's fact. Yeah, the Charles Manson example is actually a pretty good example because that's like an extreme example, right? Like if yeah. Charles Manson says, hey, Jeffrey Epstein's a pedo, uh, you know, a pedophile, yes. I, you know, we shouldn't say like, Hey, oh, he's a murderer. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, wait, I got like flight logs and I got pictures. And yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know, it's like, no, well, OK, you're still not a good person, but you are, you know, you are sharing some some valuable information. See, so, but I thought yeah, without a doubt. I thought that like this is with political parties or tribes or anything. My belief in how I was raised is I'm supposed to be harder on them. You know what I mean? Like if, if that if I vote for a certain candidate, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be harder on him than the, his opposition because I'm going to be like, hey, do your job, man. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't understand where we stopped doing that. And now we're like, we, they, that politicians have become these celebrities and like how they're supposed to be. And they're, they're trying to push it more and more. If you notice, that's why these younger ones are trying to make them, especially with social media. And now they're trying to be these little social media darlings. And we're here for the people. They tell you the same thing, but they get like a little more. It's not, it's different because now that it's not on TV, they could respond to, you know, people feel like they're part of it. Right. And I think that this yeah. rock star mentality of politicians is really killing, uh, not, not of course, with the money in politics, but this is what's, like, uh, killing the free thought because now they've become, like, idolizing these politicians. So if you say anything bad, it's like talking shit on a pop star. And you get these little teeny boppers that are like, like and you're like, what the hell? Like, this is politics politics this is not about like me i'm independent it doesn't matter what this guy thinks or this guy thinks the what i thought how it's supposed to work is a republican makes it a law and then the democrat they go okay look let's dissect it this part's good this part's good hey can we work on this they're supposed to meet in the middle and i don't know how we got so far from that yeah no no i, I completely agree i mean i think that the, the power of social media instagram facebook all this stuff it humanizes them right like so what ends up happening is that we we watch them on these social media accounts and we watch them on online and you see them with their families and all this stuff and you forget that like they could be monsters you know and that it's it, it could be all theater you know and it's it just you know i see it sometimes like my wife will watch like the the, the morning show the, today i think the today show mm -hmm. and i think it's uh one of the bush uh daughters are there right and, i've heard uh, I yeah like, i haven't watched it but yeah I, yeah, yeah and yeah because neither you or i want to contribute to those ratings but the, the thing is like uh you know i remember walking by the tv and i'm like why the fuck are you watching this i'm like i'm like her dad's a murderer she's like well she seems like a really nice girl i'm like maybe or she's just as psychologically like crazy as her father is like yeah. on tv like tv is theater it's fake it's not you know you can put out any persona you want same thing people do with social media right like i know people on social media and oh, I'm not going to say names, but yeah. I, on my personal <laughs> account on, on, on Facebook, who I'm friends with, who are in dysfunctional relationships. Oh, yes. But uh, their persona that they put out there is that they're happy, they're smiling. Every Everything's great. It's like, yeah. And it's like, it, it, it is a, a, 
facade. It's not real. It's a facade. And uh, so I think, you know, one of those things we have to constantly remember is that it is a facade. It's not real. And, and it could be real. But we have to remember that in many cases, especially when they I mean, when you come when you grow up, um, you know, as a Bush or you as a, you know, whoever Clinton it may be, or, you know, or Clinton or whoever, you don't grow up in a normal life. You don't grow up in a normal lifestyle. These people have ideologies. These people have um, justifications for their wrongdoing. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, like Bill Gates, he's a perfect example because it's like his eugenics history yeah. is, you know, it, it's it's interesting to know, like, if he truly feels like he's making a difference and he's doing something for the greater good, or is he just a fucking evil person who is doing evil things and he knows it and he's just addicted to power? It's it, who knows, you or know, or a it, combo it, of are, it. You know what I mean? Like you said, like that's true, it might have developed him to that, and then he's once you get a taste of power, because I think humans are the worst at power. All of us are. It's a very difficult thing to uh, maintain power without either. Uh, being too nice and lenient and walked all over or being too tough and strangling everybody. It's like such a delicate thing that it, we haven't learned how to master. Well, a perfect example of that is how many people say, I hate my fucking boss. And then they be, they get promoted and they yeah. become that boss. They hate, right? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> or it, parents I, I too, you. you know, they go, Oh man, I hate him. And they, they become their parents. They do the same way yeah. because you learn from what you, and, and uh, that also happens because a lot of people, because like I know, like me, I was never like really good at school. And, you know, people like, oh, I'm really smart. But then I learned at one point that there are certain people that are really good at, at retaining information. And then there's other people that are really good at always questioning information. That's me. Like, I'll be like, why do we got to do that? And they'll be like, well, you got to. Well, why? Explain to me why this is this. And I think that a lot of people have come complacent to where they're just like, put the information in my brain and I'm good. Like, and, and, and it frustrates people like us that are like, well, we need to know why. Like, well, you can't just say, hey, uh, you can't wear shoes anymore. And you're like, well, why? It's, it's against the law. But why is it against the law? You know what I mean? You have to uh, break. That's why masks are so difficult uh, and all that, too, because you're telling us to do something, but you're not giving us the reason that it can or, or even what it can harm us. So we can make an informed decision of, hey, maybe I won't go to the store. Maybe I need to do this because if I have to work for 12 hours because everybody keeps saying about the doctors and I go, have you ever worked in a warehouse? Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unloading a truck. The guys that are wearing the masks inside of those trucks on high lows and all that. I'm surprised there hasn't been more people passing out and uh, kind of like. I would think there would be more uh, injuries from that. It's probably just a matter of time before a kid passes out. My my son does martial arts, and uh, his uh, coach said something about that, about how some kid playing soccer passed out, and he believes it's probably going to eventually end up being lawsuits. And um, But absolutely, I mean, the thing about school, you know, I barely graduated high school. I, uh, I failed the MCAS about a billion times, um, which is uh, a standardized, like, required test to, to graduate or whatever. And, um, and I... I I left school thinking I hated learning, you know, yeah. because according to, you know, our, my, the school system, uh, you know, and the school system that a lot of us grew up in, if you weren't book smart, you're hands on smart. That's why you weren't book smart. And the truth was the reason why I wasn't book smart was because the information one was boring two, you weren't finding a creative way to, to get it through to me. And, and three, you were just asking me to memorize information and regurgitate it. It wasn't anything that was going to help me better understand my life but the world around me, history, current events, it doesn't, it didn't, it wasn't something that really seemed that important. So, and, and how many times were, were we correct in regards to like telling teachers like, Hey, I'm never going to use this shit in my life. What am I <laughs> like, we don't like, 
unless you're an engineer or an, I mean, I'm sure there's many other uh, occupations that that uh, use uh, more complex math, but the majority of us, like we use fucking basic math like on a daily basis. Like we don't we don't use anything that complex. You All know? you need and it's is like, addition you- and subtraction and multiplication and divisions. Just a faster way to divide. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> addition and subtraction. Yeah, yeah, more or less. You're right. And, uh, and so, yeah, so the thing is, like, you know, I'm, I'm on the same boat, like, where they were, they would tell you, like, hey, you know, like, you're, you must be hands on smart, they threw me to a vocational school. Yep. Um, and then when I, when I left school, and I was, you know, and in, in just working full time and whatnot. And uh, I got obsessed with documentaries, I got uh, obsessed with, uh, with reading, I got obsessed with, with uh, podcasts, eventually, which ends up sparking, um, you know, my podcast ripple effect. And, so it, I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, I, I'll go get to a location. You know, I I was uh, I'd still do quite a uh, bit of commuting for work, but I'd get to a location and I didn't even want to turn off the fucking car. I'm like, I'm like, I want to hear the rest of this conversation. This <laughs> podcast is so is just triggering like all these thoughts and and ideas and and whatnot. And um and I'm like, I love this. And then I'm learning about history. And then I'm learning about this. I'm learning about that. And then next thing you know, I'm having professors on my podcast. I'm having best selling authors. I'm having you know, uh, Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson, who worked at the White House, with, uh, you know, during the Bush administration. Like, I, I, I'm talking to people who are make a living off being intellects, and I'm like, how am I holding a conversation with them? I'm like, oh, apparently, I'm, I'm not as dumb as the school system thought I was. I'm like, it was just the fact that uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel a need to just regurgitate information for no reason. I, I didn't see how that was necessary. I didn't see how that benefited me. Yes. Um, the, only, the only way it benefits you is, and that's how you get kids to do it, is saying, you'll get a good paying job. And this is how, this you'll is get the in game this we school. play. You'll get into the, yeah, exactly. that's, that's all it is. Yeah, because like, yeah. I had an ex that was like, that she was good at the piano and this and that, but because she was good at memorizing things. But when it came to being creative and trying to figure out and dig, and like, she was not good at that. And I was like, Whoa. well, isn't, isn't that what we mean when some, when we say somebody's book smart and, and then, but not street smart, somebody street smart, not book smart. What we're really saying is that this person was just really good at memorizing information. So according to this game of school that we created, you know, like they're really good at that one game. Yeah. But in regards to like just overall intelligence, they're, you know, they're not, they don't have the creative thinking, the critical thinking skills. They don't have imagination and all those other things that really come out during just a a typical casual interaction with somebody like if you sat down like i some of my most book smart friends if we are out at dinner having uh you know drinks or having dinner or whatever like they're not going to be the uh, the most interesting people at that dinner table you know and yeah. then some of the people who who aren't the most book smart you know maybe do a typical job you know with something you know maybe more bl- uh, blue collared instead of white collared uh they're the ones who who have much more interesting ideas and, and well thought out opinions and, and maybe have, um, you know, hobbies that are really intriguing or whatnot. So it's like, what does that tell you? That tells you that like, okay, it, it's like being really good at monopoly or like yeah. checkers or whatever. It's like, you're really, really, really good at this one game. And, and yeah, in, in, uh, in the system we've designed that one game will lead to a successful job, uh, a, a high paying career or whatnot. But outside of that, it, it doesn't help you in regards to understanding the world, appreciating the world under like the bigger questions of like, what's, what's this all about? What's, you know, why are we here? Uh, what, what's, what is truly success? You know, what we can truly, what is truly happiness? What, what is the most fulfilling things we can do in our lives and, and can make us uh, appreciate things and, 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 
be um, appreciative uh, of the, our lives and whatnot. Like, so there's so many other bigger questions that those people will never ask because they just play that game of memorizing information, regurgitating information, and TV corporations and and marketing have convinced them that the path to happiness isn't asking those questions. The path to happiness is getting that high-paying job with the big house and the white picket fence, devoting all your energy and life to this shitty, unfulfilling job, and and that's it. And 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 you'll be happy. And you you get there, and you're not happy. And, and anyone chasing a dream is is a wild like you know anytime they're like because uh, I do music a lot, and when you do music, yeah, I do too. Yeah, and they're like oh, like people still tell me like oh, you're still rapping and stuff. <laughs> like yeah, man. Like fuck it, man. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, this is, well, this is this is you know, and it's funny. Like I use the example of my daughter, right? Like uh-huh. so, you know, if uh, if um. If some, if my, if I was a typical parent and and my daughter was dating, you know, she's only uh, turning four, so she's hopefully not dating anytime soon. But yeah. when, she's, when she does eventually start dating, uh, like if she, the typical father, if she likes two boys or two boys like her, and one is like going to law school and uh, and comes from a rich family, and the other dude is a struggling musician playing like little bars and clubs, you'd be like, hey, leave that loser and go. Uh, you should date the law school guy. But it's like we it's like we we have created this world where it's like it's all about financial gain. And yes. it's like that that is that's what we consider success. And so it's like if you're pursuing happiness in regards to like pursuing a passion, a hobby, something that is artistic, we look down upon it if you're not making money doing it. Well, like that's our standard of of like success. And it's like the truth is, right? That fucking a person who went to law school who was probably pressured because his father went to law school or went to or went to engineering school because his dad was an engineer but yet really loved maybe who knows fucking carving wood uh painting yep. drawing whatever it may be like that person's unhappy now and probably over medicated on anti-anxiety pills and depression and all this stuff i mean dr christopher ryan says it all, all the time and he's, he's been on my podcast great uh, uh author he wrote sex of dawn and civilized the death uh, two great books, and he also has the uh, the podcast called In Gently Speaking. And um, he talks about, you know, I, I heard him talk about this, and, and I think I talked to him about this too when he was on my show. It's like, what is progress, right? Like, if we have more material things, we have more money and all these things, but yet we're unhappy, then shouldn't we rethink, like, what the fuck progress is and what winning is, right? Like, because according to our system, winning is like, oh, I got the big house, I got the high-paying job, I got all these material things. But yet, those people are the ones who are the most uh, over-medicated. They're the ones who are uh, have uh, dysfunctional relationships. They're the ones who have uh, uh, families that are, 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 you know, don't love each other, don't support each other, and you're spending more time at work than you are at home. And so, the, mo- most of the time, these are the most unhappy people. And yet, that's what we call success. That's what we call winning. So, if the winners are losing, you know, in regards to happiness and fulfillment, then what the fuck are we doing? Like, we have to rethink the whole thing. Like, maybe the person who we looked down upon, who maybe is. Is, you know, for example, I have a buddy who plays basketball overseas. You know, he 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 didn't he never made it to the NBA, but he pursued uh, his. He his got, love he's about, he's doing what he loves and getting paid exactly. for it. Exactly, <laughs> and I remember telling him that all the time. I'm like, listen, regardless how much money you're making, I'm like, even if you're making the exact same money, uh, you know, somebody here is making back at home, but uh, but you're doing something you love and you want to do, and, and we're doing something we we dislike. I'm like we still you're still in a way better position like most of us like are playing basketball as a hobby uh, you know after our shitty job i'm like you're doing it as a full-time job making a living doing it i'm like 
You couldn't ask for anything else than that. I'm like, how many times do you meet old people who say, hey, I wish I didn't pursue my dream as long as I did? Like, you never hear them say that, but you always hear people say, hey, I wish I didn't give up sooner. You know, I wish I pursued this. I wish I pursued that. Like, so what does that tell you? Like, we can learn from those who have lived their lives reflected on it and, and also not too it. much compared to other people too because see also he probably doesn't feel as good because he's like ah, i didn't make it to the nba but who that's not everybody's path that's why i think if we get back to that individual thought process and i think a lot of it goes back to what we we're talking earlier is that uh, about emotions they, that's something that we don't learn in school that is something that we use every day and nobody really starts using them until you're in a teenager then you're repressing them then in your 20s you're all wild and trying to figure it out and then if you're lucky you get to be in your 30s and kind of start figuring it out and, and sorting through it and I don't think that's a proper way. And I think that is a big issue that happens in our whole world is that we are all emotionally unstable in certain ways. And we try to like guide it and, and nobody really talks about what, how much effect that has on, on the whole world. Well, the truth is we all have some trauma that we're dealing with. We all have some, like what's one, one of the things that it kind of affected me as an adult was uh, growing up, you know, from uh, I'm born in Portugal, uh, came from my immigrant family, came okay. to uh, America, and uh, you know grew up kind of poor, and and I, I don't I don't like to say poor a lot because there's always people who are poor in yeah. New York, so it's like I don't want people to feel bad for me, but um, but that you know we we didn't have a lot of money when we came here. My parents were raising the house with like no running water and whatnot. You know they're just farmers. It wasn't I mean to them they wouldn't even look at their lifestyle as really poor because that's just the way that they lived and uh and and they were content with that. And which I think is another thing another good tool to. Yes. To, to, to use is is to appreciate what you have and and don't enjoy don't constantly it. just yeah because it, there's always somebody who has it worse i mean uh th that quote that i'm sure many people have seen the meme before it's like your your worst day is somebody else's best day yeah and it's true like we spend too much time pursuing like more like it's all about getting more getting more that we keeping don't spend up with the joneses time. hey look yeah. they got a new car i gotta get a new car why don't you like your car <laughs> yeah yeah, well, that's the thing, and and sometimes it's because you bought that car for the wrong reason in the first place. Maybe yep. then you didn't buy it because you liked the car. Maybe you bought it because you were trying to keep up with somebody, and now that that those those people bought a newer car. Now you have to buy a newer car. If you bought it for the right reasons, because you just truly appreciate that car, or you love that car yes. um, for whatever reason, or you love the the feeling you get driving it. You know, I'm a car guy. I, I love cars, but. Uh, you know, it, it, to me, it's like there is this. Yeah, but that's a different thing. Like you said, like I, yeah. I have friends too. Like I'm not a big car guy, but I have friends like, but you're talking about that's what they do. They they get a car, they restore it, and then they just go drive around a couple times on the weekend. They, that they love that makes their life better. That's perfect. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's perfect. Like, but if you're buying it for, like you said, the wrong reasons to uh, create some kind of status or an illusion of a status. Cause that's what a lot of people do. They want this status. Cause we, especially now with the increase of the influencers and YouTubers and you know how we can all become stars now or uh, quote unquote, I think that's pushed people to these limits of where they want to out. Uh, they want to outdo everybody and they're not really trying to find what really would make them happy. Yeah. Well, we're all influencers, you know, that's kind of the, the, the theme I keep trying to tell people That's on my podcast, the, the Ripple Effect podcast, is that we're all influencers. You know, it's like where every conversation you have, I mean, you're, you're influencing people with your show, every conversation you have, every live stream. You know, even if one person who listens to it uh, gets something from it, then it's worth doing. You know, it, you know, when I started my podcast, I was the same way. I'm like, if one person listens and one person downloads, then, you know, then it's worth doing. And then it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? If no people... Uh, listen to it 
uh, then I'm, I'm, I'm getting something from these conversations. Then I become that one person, right? Then I'm, I become that one person getting something from this journey of having long form conversations with different people. So it's like, there's always somebody better uh, benefiting from it. But I truly believe in, in the, the idea of the ripple effect. I believe in the idea that people can um, have a major effect on society, on people around them. You know, I always use the example of like Martin Luther King, for example, like somebody that nobody can really argue um, isn't a huge historical uh, person and and had some impact on society for better or worse or whatever, you know, whatever people's opinion, yeah. are, you know, is on him. It, it's not important. Like the, the point is he obviously is a, a very influential person, but he was influenced by who, right? Like he might've been influenced by conversations with uh, uncle conversations with with uh, a a friend who, yeah. who said something we we all have these these conversations that stick with us right we all have these influential people in our lives like that documentary that book that uh whatever that song that, that artist, old man something. that you saw at the bus stop that one time and told you a story that stuck with you you know exactly. yeah for sure you know and so think about it if you're that old man right do you believe you changed the world no mm -hmm. if you're that old man do you believe that you had a huge impact on 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 society no but you you did because maybe one of those kids you talked to at that bus stop was Martin Luther King yes. who did have a bigger influence. So my point is like you can indirectly have a huge influence on people. Every time you're having discussions, every time you're open to to talking to people, you're open to uh sharing ideas, sharing perspectives, you're changing the world. It, it, and you don't know how big of an effect that is. My podcast has become one of the biggest examples or greatest examples of it because I was just this construction working portuguese immigrant failing musician who who you know who decided that hey you know i want to do something more fulfilling let me put a microphone in front of me and one of my friends and let's talk and uh and see what happens and uh and then little by little it started growing and just like a lot of podcasters and people like yourself like we all start in the same place we all start with like who the fuck's gonna listen and, and, you know, and I'm, I remember how obsessed I was with the analytics. I was always like, who's downloading and how many downloads <laughs> yeah. am I getting? Which, which episodes getting downloaded and how many episodes do I have to release to get a lot of downloads or whatever? See, I'm at and, that and stage get, right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing you learn is like, it becomes a distraction and it gets in the way of like doing what's really important. And then you, 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 you'll get to a point and I'm sure, you know, you, you'll get there very soon where you'll be like, you know what? fuck all that shit. The most important thing is like, let me just keep doing what I do and let me keep doing what I think is important. Let me keep doing uh, something I'm passionate about and I love and everything else will fall in place. Everything else. I mean, I've been doing my show for seven years and like just recently, you know, like did, did I mean, every once in a while I have like these like huge like kicks and, and, and downloads, like something will happen to a certain guest or a certain show or I don't know, like a certain post on, on, on social media will get a little bit, a little bit of attention or, or a guest will share my show on their website and guess, and then also don't have like this boost of like uh, fans and, and listeners, but you never know what that's going to be. So it's like, I, I have shows that like, I'm like, why the fuck is that show getting downloaded so much? You know, it's like, you know, I'm like, I, th I thought like, yeah, it's a good show, but I'm like, I, this, this show that I, and then the was one great, that you're like, Oh, this is the one man. <laughs> and then that's happened. That happens. Yeah. That that's happened to me a lot where I'm just like, Oh, this is the show that I think like, it's really going to get a lot of attention. And, uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, you know, like nothing really changed. So it's like, you never know. So because you don't know, like, then why 
uh, obsess over it. Then like, change the perspective you... of where you're just doing it, like to like you said, like in in it. You are right because that's where I'm trying to go too. Is like where it's just like you know what? This is what I think. This is how I feel, and and I'm I'm open to listen to what you say. And let's let's meet in the middle. Let's have these discussions. Like I'm trying to work some stuff to try to talk to some BLM members and some Antifa members. I want to talk to everybody and be like, why are you feeling like this? Maybe they haven't talked to people that will listen to their side and someone that can give them a thought provoking thing to change their mind. Be like, you know, this is why you shouldn't do this. This is why I'm against communism and Marxism and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm sure you've listened to like my, uh, uh, have you listened to any of the, the union of Dunwanted shows? Yes. Yes. Well, I just, uh, yeah. yesterday I finished your great one with, uh, G Edward Griffin. That one was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like one of the few ones oh, I was God. like legit. I haven't gotten nervous in a long time. And, uh, and I saw him at the Red Pill Expo in Hartford uh, in 2019, but he was getting pulled in every direction, so yeah. I didn't want to bother him or whatever. But um, there are certain people that, like, you you still get nervous talking to. I mean, some of it does go away after a while. Like, you're like, okay, like, you met enough people that you're like, holy shit, I'm nervous. And then you're like, oh, shit, they're just regular people. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not, you know, like, and, and then it kind of, you're like, okay, but like, I get it. Like, they're just regular people like I am who have opinions or have ideas and I just happen to be a huge fan of their work, but you kind of get over it. But yeah, he was one of the few first one in a long time that I was like legit, like, fuck man. I'm like a little nervous about like, uh, about talking to him. Cause he's, he's the OG uh, man. He's the original. He is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really, yeah. He's been doing it forever. I mean, his works influenced so many people. I mean, he wrote his book on, uh, on alternative, like cancer cures back in like, yeah. I don't know if it was like the late seventies or, or something like was that. that I'm like, like, like born and, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I was like, I, I know it was before I was born. So I'm like, this dude has been red pilling people and changing perspectives before I, I was in diapers. So it's like, it, it, you know, it, it's crazy. So it, it's, it's fun to have conversations. That is the ripple like effect, that. though. Like, if you think about it, then you just kind of sorry for cutting you off. But that is no, the ahead, that yeah. is the ripple effect. He I was the little ripple. I'm <laughs> on the same way. Uh, he's a he is the ripple effect. So he's that pebble. And look how many what an army he created. Think about all the people that he inspired. That then inspired this person. That inspired this group. That inspired this group. So he is a big. Uh, cornerstone, and that is like perfect to what your example is of how much an impact you can be by just being a little bit influential to one person. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, when, when I, you know, he influenced my show, probably you know, influenced some of your show, mm -hmm. influenced so many people. So I mean, you think about in those shows, right? Your show, my show, we're going to influence other people to create shows and do their own thing. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's endless, you know. And that's why I say, if you say nothing, if you do nothing then you've lost, you know, you, it's, and, and you, and it, this goes into another debate. Like a lot of people say, Oh, well, what the hell can I do? Like, you can't change anything. So what's the point? I'm like, first of all, the second you think you can't change anything, you have lost. I'm like, you, yes. you, you've lost, you're defeated. But I'm like, the truth is we can't change things. And even if you're indirectly changing things, right. Something as simple as a conversation, you know, like somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to be like, Holy shit. Like I never looked at that specific topic that way. Or I never, uh, uh, thought about mm -hmm. that idea or whatever that that uh, uh, that thing, and then you're molding their perspectives. So, and then when they have a conversation with somebody else, that new perspective that they got from this conversation is going to help mold that person and that person and yes. that person. So it's it's all you know. We're all provoking thought. We're all creating a ripple. We're all uh, creating some type of change. And uh, and I think that you know that can't be overlooked. I, I you know these long form conversations. That's why I can foresee the. Uh, podcasts really blowing up way before i started my own podcast which you know was seven years ago and i felt like i was late to the party it, you know i i could see i could see it get popular i could see it blow up because you could i'm like see the need I, for it yes there was a need for it there was uh there was something refreshing about just hearing 
you know, because you have media, TV, everything felt like they were selling you something. Like, so, you know, before podcasts, I was really into documentaries and reading, and you're reading about propaganda, you're reading about corporations and, and all the science that goes into um, uh, developing certain products and, and understanding how to tug at your desires and wants and needs and all the stuff, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talked about in regards to Edward Bernays' uh, yep. research. And, um, and, and then I'm like, where the fuck can I get? open-minded discussions and podcasts were one of those places where I'm like, I could, I could not just hear ideas. I could hear ideas being challenged. And it, and for the most part, until even today, for the most part, kind of uncensored, you look at like our RSS feed, which for people who are listening, who don't know what that is. Like it's, it's basically your, your, um, it, it's your feed that gives all that info, you know, so once I up, uh, upload my podcast, once you subscribe, it's to, like the hub that puts it to everywhere. Yes, it, exactly. it links it everywhere yeah. to all the, the Spotify's yeah, it, it and links, iTunes. Exactly. So once once I put a show out and it it, it just shares that that show everywhere, uh, for the most part, that's a place that hasn't been affected by by uh, censorship. You know, I, I myself and many others have had issues with Dell Big Tree and iTunes yes. for some reason. You know, he, my show and, and many other people's show before mine and probably after mine that had Dell Big Tree on iTunes would magically have technical issues where the show wouldn't play. Um, and uh, and would, so, you know, obviously, if there's enough coincidences, then it's not a coincidence. But it, it's it's one of those things where just like outside of that, like you could still get my show on Spotify. You could still get it on Podcast Addict or any other podcast app. Uh, Amazon now is in uh, the Diversi- realm of podcast. You have to diversify in this in these situations to yeah, different media. But the nice thing is, like, if, if I get banned off YouTube and only place I put my content on is YouTube, then I'm fucked. But if I, uh, if I, if I have an RSS feed and I have a podcast, if iTunes decides to censor me, you can still get it from Spotify. If Spotify decides to censor me, you can now, um, soon, you can get it also from Audible and, and uh, Amazon, or, or you can get it from Podcast Addict, or you can get yeah, it from true. any of the other many uh, podcast apps. So it's like, it's much harder to censor us there. So I think you know, outside of just like the fact that it's refreshing that you can go somewhere where you can hear open discussions, open arguments, open debates, and uh, with with less, you know, censorship than the mainstream uh, medias, uh, I think it's also good that it's it's going to be much harder to censor. I mean, pro- will they find a way? Probably eventually. I'm, I'm sure they will. Yeah. But for the for the most part, you know, you can you can still um, get, you know, open discussions about many different controversial topics. And, you know, I, I hit on a lot of controversial topics in regards to vaccines in regards to, uh, um, you know, I'm going to have Dr. Brian Hooker on my, uh, show tomorrow, who is the, uh, one of the guys that was the leading character in the Vax documentary that, okay. that uh, help it. He was, he was the guy who recorded the Dr. William Thompson, um, uh, conversations you, and got that, that research, from Dr. William Thompson, who's a author of one of the MMR studies at the CDC, lead author at the MMR study that showed that there was some link between autistic symptoms and the MMR study. And uh, Dr. Brian Hooker was the guy who got those studies and ended up uh, sharing it with the public. But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't worry too much on my other platforms of getting censored. Yeah, YouTube's the only place where I'm like, oh, this show might be an issue. I might get shadow banned or I might end up getting some issues. But I never took money from YouTube, which helps a lot, too. Like, I've never monetized on YouTube because I'm, I can see even when I start my podcast, I'm like, when I first started my podcast, I'm like, well, it's not worth monetizing because I don't um, I don't have that many subscribers. Yeah. And then eventually when I did start getting enough views where I'm like, oh, it might be worth doing. It got to the point where the censorship was so bad that I'm like, listen, why monetize it and then have issues with strikes? I'm like, fuck them. I'm like, I just won't even take any money from them and then i don't have to worry about it yeah 
you know, and I have a, that's why I have, I have a Patreon page and I like things like that. Cause it's like, so if, if you get off invest- of that Patreon page, like, uh, unfortunately we only have two minutes left cause it gives us only oh, an hour. Bad, so no, you're good. So I wanted you to give us, uh, since we're going to go off, could you give everybody a shout out to, uh, where you're going to, where they could find you at? And, uh, I've got some of it in my link tree in my bio and then just tell them where they could find the podcast and the, and everything that you want them to go to. Yeah. Anywhere you can get a podcast where you can subscribe to podcasts, iTunes, Google play, um, um, like I said, podcast addict, Spotify, you can get, just look up the ripple effect podcast. You can find it. Um, I'm also on Instagram parlor, which is like the, the Twitter competitor and it's supposed to be unbiased. It's RV 36, our YouTube channel, RV 36, um, uh, Instagram RV 36, or you can look up just the ripple effect podcast.com. And now we'll have links to all my social media accounts or whatnot, but just look up the ripple effect podcast. You'll find it everywhere. Uh, you can also link with me on Facebook if you want. Uh, if, if you, um, we do have a Facebook page for my podcast, the ripple effect podcast, but if you want to connect with me personally, you can too, just throw me a little message. Let me know you're not a bot or whatnot. And, uh, we'll connect on, on Facebook too. So yeah, I'm open. I'm always, uh, cool, uh, down with connecting with, with fans and listeners. Um, and, uh, and yeah, hit, hit me up anywhere. Yeah, they appreciate you coming on, man. It's a, a big guts, man. And uh, like I said, go to his, his uh, all his info will be in our link tree in our bio. And uh, till the next time, man, thank you very much for coming on, man. You know how we do it, hey, wake thanks. the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. I really had fun uh, having this discussion. Same. All right, Take man. care. You too, man.